So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's going on, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day, and I cannot tell you how good it feels to be in my office again. (laughs) Oh, man, I could do probably a whole week's worth of episodes of the saga that it was to get back home. My family and I went on a cruise to celebrate my parents' 65th wedding anniversary, uh, sorry, 40th wedding anniversary and 65th birthdays. And uh, man, definitely don't want to get those numbers backwards. My parents would throw a fit. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. I did a client event in Orlando before we docked. It was it was amazing. It was so it was so good, and everything was smooth sailing until we tried to get home, and then we just ran into flight cancellations. We wound up being grounded in Orlando for another two days, and then when we got home, the people at the park imply couldn't find our car. And my wife had like a minor medical emergency on the plane and there was all this extra EMT attention. Um, and anyway, she, she's totally fine. And we did find her car, but nothing came easy coming back. And you know when you're just like, like being away is so much fun. But then once, once you're done, you just want to get home, right? And it was just like three days of agonizing. Like, I just want to be home. I just want to be home. I didn't have my laptop with me, so I'm supposed to be working, but like super unproductive. I managed to get some stuff done, but... Man, it was a bit rough. And all that is to say is I'm just glad I'm here. I'm excited to be recording. And it's just never felt so good to be in my office and to be with you guys. So thanks for listening. And thanks for listening to my little uh, saga here. Today's episode is about the kind of content that you're consuming while you're in recovery. You know, I'm a little bit surprised how often we get asked this question. And when I am surprised by the frequency of a question, it actually reveals more of a deficiency or delinquency on my end than it does for, you know, the general population. I'm not that arrogant to think everybody else has it wrong. Um, And I guess I was surprised by this because to me, the answer is pretty obvious, but I forget that sometimes, hey, it's obvious for me because I'm seven years clean. I'm on the other side of this, but it's not always that obvious when you're kind of going through it. So I wanted to talk about that today and I wanted to actually use a personal experience where I had a little bit of a, a, whatever you want to call it, a slip, a stumble, Um, I basically edged pretty bad and I haven't even edged like that in gosh, six years. And so it's, it's based off a personal experience that I want to share about and I want us to sort of tie it in. One of the episodes that we have received the most feedback on is an episode about pre-triggers and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the episode about pre-triggers. Um, this this whole concept really seems to strike a chord with you guys. And I think there's a good reason for it. So let me, I'm going to explain that. I'm going to use that as sort of a context to get into the question. And then I'm going to share my personal story or experience recently. The whole idea of pre-triggers is that maybe, maybe you have obvious triggers. Okay. Like when you feel stressed, when you're in relational conflict, when you are not feeling good enough, when, um, you know, maybe you feel disappointment or some other very intense emotion, sadness, anger, 
frustration. These are obvious triggers. You know, maybe you have some trauma from your past. Maybe you're like sexual trauma, sexual abuse, or um, something along those lines. So then you get triggered because something reminds you of previous moments of the past or reminds you of your abuser, you know, et cetera, et cetera. These are obvious triggers, okay? Pre-triggers is like a sub-layer of triggering that doesn't really elicit the overt trigger response of like, ah, I'm aroused and I feel tempted to watch porn and, you know, whatever. It doesn't necessarily cause that level, but what it does is it sort of brings the guard down or it inches us closer to a point where we are now more easily triggered. Okay, now the greatest example I can give you is watching R-rated or, you know, slightly racier content because it is probably one of the most prevalent pre-triggers that exists. So let me give you the example that just happened in my life not too long ago. My wife and I are watching a movie. It's two of our favorite actors. They're hilarious. I only watch two kinds of movies, by the way. I either watch action or comedy. That's it. Like I'm I'm just like classic, like to show like to shut my brain off when I watch movies. Hate it when the plot is complicated. Just give me the action, give me the goods, keep it simple, and everybody wins. That's kind of my philosophy with movies. So we're watching a movie. I'm not going to name the movie because number one, it has just way too much pornography in it. And number two, I I, I don't, I, I like these actors. I don't want to badmouth them too much, but I was, I was disappointed. I'll just put it that way. So we're watching the movie. It's hilarious. These guys are delivering exactly as we expect them to. And, you know, probably, I don't know, like 20 minutes in, there's just a quick scene where um, a, a woman is breastfeeding, but you see the breast, okay? So totally unexpected, right? And given the the orientation of the scene where it's like a mom nursing, like they just normally don't show anything for that. So it was just weird. It wasn't like, oh, we should have known that was coming. That was, it just, it caught us off guard. That example is a great demonstration of a pre-trigger, okay? I did not feel aroused in the moment. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of whatever, whatever. Um, there there was nothing. It was mostly shock. And like again, like it's not like I, I'm still a guy. Like it's not like I didn't have some degree of pleasure evoked in that moment when I viewed it, but it wasn't like the classic I'm triggered feeling. It was a pre-trigger. Now, what happens when you're pre-triggered is you are in a more sensitive state for a certain period of time, and the length of time varies, but I'm going to say it's roughly 12 to 36 hours, where you are just in a more heightened state, and should you experience content that maybe ordinarily would be borderline or would have a minor impact, because of the pre-trigger, it now has a much more significant impact. All right. So I've this one scene happens and my my indicator should have been like, okay, they didn't need to show it. And anytime they show something where it's really not necessary, or it's like, you know, when you have like that song you love, but then there's just this F word right in the middle of it, and you're like, man, that was so unnecessary. Like you're clearly just trying to make a point, or you know what I mean? Like anyway, it kind of that should have been my indicator with this movie of like, okay, we're only 20 minutes in. They really didn't need to do that. And so the fact that they did shows that like probably the line is much further down the road than I would like it to be. So we keep watching and um, we end up watching uh, or it ends up basically leading to this scene where it's like, I, I, I remember just having this thing of like, oh, he's going to, he's supposed to go act in this movie. One of the actors, he's supposed to go act in this movie. 
he shows up and the arrangement of i'm just like oh no this is this is a it, it's a porno he showed up to a porn movie and they're going to they're they're going to show something so i tell shaloma and i'm like fast forward through it okay when you fast forward on netflix it shows like the little um screen previews right every 10 minutes so we're we're going through but i'm unfortunately seeing not really a lot but but enough i guess if we could put it that way um and again, it just should have been our indicator that we turned it off. And then another 10 minutes later, there was there was some, I don't know, some nudity scene. And it was like, okay, that's it. Off. Like, it's done. You know? So for starters, I made a mistake. Like, we, we should have just probably stopped at the first one. Sure, certainly should have stopped at the second one. But remember now with our pre-trigger concept, that first shot, you're in this more sensitive state. Which means that even though we fast-forwarded through and I didn't really see anything it still furthers that state because because I am pre-triggered, quote unquote. And then the third, et cetera, et cetera. And basically what happened that night is, you know, we we wound up watching, I think, Modern Family or something. We watched a couple episodes. My wife went to bed. I really wasn't tired. So I just said, you know, I'm going to stay up for a little bit. And I wound up edging, you know, on my laptop. I was actually looking for pictures of that scene. And um, it's funny, when I actually did, I, I, I finally did get to a picture and I was disgusted, which um, which goes to show you that like when you do get clean for a long time, this stuff actually starts to repulse you. And the actual appeal, and I've been talking about this on the podcast, it's not in the acquisition of what's pleasurable, it's in the pursuit. And so for me, like the thrill of my brain, the, the rush was actually like the clicking around and the seeking and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, when I actually got there, it was like, oh, this is disgusting. And I turned it off. So I didn't actually watch anything. Um, but I edged, you know, and it was really strange. And so, um, so anyways, I, I'm, I'm a little bit out of my order here, but to answer the question, you know, can you watch R-rated content while you're recovering? You have to think about how it impacts you, not just in the moment, but post moment. Like what happens when you see something that's sort of a little bit provocative? How does it impact you for the next day or two versus if you were to go, let's say you had gone six months straight no porn, no masturbating, you haven't watched anything um, like even remotely, no edging or very minor amounts of edging. Like if if that was your track record, right, um, then you encountering like a little bit of R-rated content, well, it's going to, it's gonna number one, it may not reverse the, the uh, work you've done. It might leave you more vulnerable to making a mistake, right? But number two if um, if you are um, still like early on, I would say six months is early on. If you're still early on, the 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 degradation happens more rapidly. Like your defenses are just they're not as strong or as fortified as when you've been clean for two, three, four, five years. Like you know, for, even for me, when I found myself in that moment, what it actually caused was a bunch of self reflection on how did I get to that point? Because it's easy to isolate the moment, but I realized, man, I've been super stressed. I have not been relaxing well. I haven't been taking as many breaks as I should be. Like, I was just trying to connect the dots and piece them all together. It's like, man, I, I really, I did this to myself. And uh, I made a lot of uh, really poor small decisions that could have led to much worse major decisions. And by God's grace, they haven't. And it hasn't been a downward spiral. I mean, I've been here before. It was a long time ago, but I know how to recover pretty well or respond pretty well. But all this to say, guys, is you have to just really protect the progress you make 
and you are much more vulnerable than you think you are. And so a lot of guys they they want to they want to pull they want to push down the the bumpers. You know, if you've ever gone bowling, like the bumpers that basically guarantee you never get a gutter ball. We we kind of want to push down the bumpers really prematurely, and we end up leaving ourselves vulnerable to you know to to getting in the gutter again, so to speak. Um, so I think I think if you're less than two years clean. Should you watch R-rated content while you're recovering? No. Should you watch R-rated content after? No, you really shouldn't. But what I would say is you need to be vigilant in those first two years where you're really pursuing it. Now, after you hit you know a couple of years, I'm not saying that you necessarily lower the bumpers because the, the reality is you don't need to be watching that stuff. What I would say though is you don't have to be as on guard about it like where you're... Um, I don't know how to say that. Like, you don't have to be quite as vigilant. So, like, for me, this movie, this is the first movie that I've watched with nudity in probably three or four years. So, like, this isn't like, I'm not, like, playing with fire. I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm just saying on a mental level, I'm not as, like, does this movie have, like, even the slightest bit of, you know, what that kind of thing. Um, That's more what I mean. So, you can just, you can sort of take your foot off the gases and you don't need to be as intense about it. But the, the line still is the same. Hopefully, that makes sense. Um, and hopefully you guys can glean from, uh, from my recent experience. You know, I think it's important we are taking care of ourselves. I think it's important that, uh, we trust our gut and for my wife and I was, it was actually great. It was like a really good learning experience. And we were able, we were able to just say, you know what, next time that we encounter something, even a little bit remotely, whatever we're done, like the movie's over and we'll find something else. It's just not worth it. So, um, you know, my goal is always to be an open book with you guys. I hope this is helpful. Uh, I hope you, you glean from it a little bit and I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, You can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.